Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Eh, not quite. Not quite yet. Apologies to everybody who usually tunes in to our Monday show. Apparently, I didn't quite hear SP3 correctly when he said he was going to be off. I don't sometimes listen to what he says anyway, but apparently he was going to be off through Tuesday this week. And by the time I realized the error in my ways, it was hard to put together a show last minute. So sorry we missed Monday, but hopefully you checked out my interview with Wardlow that did drop at 3 o'clock yesterday. A lot of good stuff in there. Him idolizing Jeff Hardy and Dave Batista, uh, winning the Face of the Revolution ladder match, what MJF is really like backstage. We covered a lot of it, the origins of the Powerbomb Symphony. So much we got into in that uh, that interview. 20 minutes long is up on the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast YouTube and podcast channel, so make sure to check it out. So SP3 out one more night. Trey Downey in tonight, this morning, whenever you're listening to us, covering an okay episode of Monday Night Raw. I feel like there was a lot of expectations in the air. Again, nothing as far as WWE is concerned. They didn't preview. They didn't build this up as some massive thing and keep our eyes focused on the main event. But it was Jacksonville. It was Raw. We're less than three weeks out from WrestleMania now. Trey, there was a lot of people expecting Cody Rhodes last night. Seth Rollins closed the show with Kevin Owens with a spot at WrestleMania on the line. I'm going to steal the line from Johnny Depp here. If they were looking for the opportune moment, that was it. We will get into that. We will get into uh, another great segment last night between Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair and whether or not they are building enough momentum to take over as the main event of WrestleMania Saturday. Edge is... Okay, first off, they gave Edge new music. I was pissed at first. And then I realized that it was still Alter Bridge. So, okay, we're fine there. Uh, Edge has got this new heel persona. Is it working for you? We'll dive into that. Street Profits, maybe they're turning heel. We got all of that to get into, Trey. Um, appreciate you stepping in here uh, last minute as well. How was your weekend? How are you doing? I've rambled on for enough time. No, I'm doing great. Uh, glad to be back here again for uh, one more time. I was uh, ready to go in the in the batter's box and uh, glad you called me to called uh, me to the plate and got a ton to get to tonight. Uh, OK, look, the, the no baseball references tonight. All right. Uh, there's a reason why I'm decked out in my Bengals colors is because at least I have one team in this town who's actually trying to win games. Uh, so the, the Reds are dead to me. Don't bring up baseball. I don't even care about this upcoming season. I'm focused on football, but I you don't know even what? know why I did, why I did that to be honest. I'm not even a big <laughs> baseball fan. Oh man. But you know what? It is actually college basketball time. That is what is taking center stage. Tourney time is upon us. And if you're looking to wager this year, bet online is the number one spot for all of your updated odds and info along with the great contests, including the bracket contest where you have a chance to take home the top prize. Head on over to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That is B L E A V. 
Bet Online, your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Trey, we got a lot of fun stuff to get into today. Uh, unfortunately, we we also have to start the show with just absolutely uh, heartbreaking, tragic news that just rocked the world of uh, professional wrestling. And this is a story that uh, really kind of took place over the course of two days. Uh, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, two-time WWE Hall of Famer, um, was going in for surgery for uh, a broken hip. Uh, ended up having complications from that. I believe a blood clot got loose. Uh, he ended up suffering three heart attacks, had to be put on um, life support. And then we woke up yesterday morning from the just absolutely gut-wrenching update from Kevin Nash, his longtime buddy and partner, that they were waiting for his family to get there to take him off of life support. Uh, and then he uh, passed away at the age of 63 just before uh, Monday Night Raw. Uh, this is I, th there's there's no adjectives to properly describe uh, a situation like this, and I'm not really great in these situations. But you know, look, first and foremost, Scott Hall. This is this is tragic, but he this is a guy who meant a lot to wrestling fans, an entire generation of wrestlers. I mean, you saw Corey Graves uh, on commentary last night uh, just trying to get through the promo to set up that beautiful tribute package uh, that WWE put together. And look, they're, they're the best at that. They they absolutely are. If there's one thing that they can get right, it's a video package. And they they nailed it home with with Scott Hall. Um, like I already said, man, he he just meant a lot to so many people, especially our age who grew up in the late nineties, man, when he was part of the NWO that literally changed wrestling. And I'm not just talking about from a comment from a, uh, a creative standpoint, I'm not talking about WCW versus WWE. I'm talking about help change the business. As far as like guaranteed contract situations are concerned, he helped make a lot of people, a lot of money in the years since the late nineties and the Monday night wars, um, incredible talent, put the ladder match on, on the map with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 10. I mean, there's he, yeah, man, I, I don't, there's, there's not much else really to, to say here. He, he's just, this just sucks. You mentioned, you mentioned him being not only, you know, a part of a whole generation of wrestlers, but a whole generation of wrestling fans that grew up in the, the same area that we, that we did. I believe last week you said you were 34, correct? In a month, yeah. In a month, so I'm I'm 31, so we're similar there in terms of our fandom and what we and what we grew up on. And one of my earliest, a lot of my earliest memories in general, kind of surround wrestling. That's how big of a fan I was. But one of my sure. earliest mem memories, period, as you mentioned, was watching that WrestleMania 10 ladder match between him and Shawn Michaels. That was in 1994. I was three years old. And I remember sitting in front of my parents' TV, like being absolutely captivated by what those two guys put on. And that changed the business. That hooked me more on wrestling than I was even hooked on it to that point. I mean, you mentioned what he did in WCW, the way that that kind of reality-based storyline really brought in a new era of wrestling and what he did with the getting that guaranteed contract from Eric Bischoff and Turner, just so much can be attributed 
to Scott Hall. And of course, Scott Hall had his demons, but that was kind of part of his story. And he and DDP uh, about 10 years ago kind of saved Scott Hall and Scott Hall from the looks of everything that we saw on social media and his appearances in WWE, he made the most of kind of that second chance that he got when he kind of went under DDP's wing uh, about a decade ago. And I'll always, we heard that quote at the end of his hall of fame speech mentioned so many times throughout the day on social media. It's such a good quote. And not only that quote, but that hall of fame speech was great. And it, I, it was one of the shorter ones. I believe it was only like five, six minutes tops. Like I love that video package that WWE put out there tonight. And obviously it was getting close to the show as far as when he actually, when he did actually pass. I mean, I think that's how most learned it when they flashed that graphic at the beginning, at the beginning of raw, because there were reports throughout the day that he was taken off of life support, but he was, he would, he was still alive. I believe. Yeah. I, I think, I think they put it up and then about six minutes later, X-Pac was able to confirm it on Twitter. Yeah. So at, I mean, you're you're dealing with a live show and stuff like that, so you're putting together this package. But I would have been all for them just airing his Hall of Fame speech in its entirety from from a couple of years ago because it wasn't a it wasn't a hillbilly gym or a Mr. T where it was a long dragged out thing. It was short, sweet, to the point, and perfectly encapsulated Scott Hall, who he was as a person and who he was as a character. And if you have some time, I know. A lot of people that are probably listening to this or watching us on YouTube right now are probably Peacock subscribers. So do yourself a favor, log on, go on to Peacock, go to that Hall of Fame ceremony and watch uh, Scott Hall's Hall of Fame speech from a couple of years ago. Because it's not just the that quote at the end. The, the whole speech was great and Scott Hall will will greatly be missed. I had a ton of friends and colleagues that I've known since I've been in my 20s and 30s that I didn't even really know were wrestling fans. We weren't wrestling friends, but I saw them post about Scott Hall today. Yeah. They're like he was such a big part of my childhood and all that. So many people uh were Scott Hall's fans and will forever remember the uh Razor Ramon uh character and hey yo, one of the best opening lines any wrestler has ever had. And, and the 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 subtle tributes or not so subtle tributes on Monday Night Raw were really really great. You know, Kevin Owens opening up Monday Night Raw with the Hey Yo. Uh, you had Damian Priest doing the Razor's Edge onto the table with with Finn Balor. There, there were there were a few others. Uh, Kevin Owens even even paraphrased backstage that Hall of Fame quote uh, mm-hmm. with uh, with Seth Rollins. So th- those were just really really nice to see, and you could tell. And, w- and we've seen so many different people from you know Dr. Britt Baker. Uh, to Damian Priest, uh, who have you know come out with the Razor Ramon or the uh, New World Orders, Ray- Scott Hall gear and inspired gear and everything like that. It's it's Xavier Woods even did the hair yeah. like Razor. Yep, yep, yep. It's just yeah, just it's it's a really it just sucks, man. And I know there was. Something else I wanted to bring up about Scott, and I, I can't even can't even think straight at this at this point in time. But I mean, incredible talent, incredible dude, and like you said, incredible character, man. I mean, Kevin Nash said it best in that clip that was in his uh, in the tribute video tonight. You can't teach cool, and he was just cool 
personified. That's just what he was. And and he may you want to talk about the cool heels today. Scott Hall's the guy who made it cool to be a bad guy. He made it cool to be a heel. You talked about you remember back to WrestleMania 10. I'm I'm a, I'm older than you. I didn't actually start watching wrestling until like 96, 97. Mm-hmm. So initially, I didn't know who Razor Ramon was. I knew who Scott Hall was. I knew who Kevin Nash was. I knew who the outsiders were. And that's what really kind of hooked me into wrestling was that whole Monday Night War era. So, you know, you had guys like Goldberg and DDP and Sting who really kind of hooked me into WCW. But it was Hall and Nash that honestly that kept me there and 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 really kind of kept my wrestling fandom. And when, you know, Nash came back to, to WWE, I was really, really into that. And same for a lot of those other guys, maybe not DDP so much, but that's creative, not 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 his fault. But, you know. It's. It's unfortunate, it's a sad situation, but I, I think if there's a silver lining here, it's that he has left behind a legacy. He did leave an incredible mark on the business, and he left a mark on a lot of people, a lot of people, thousands, if not millions of people. Uh, and, you know, if that's not a life well spent, I don't know what is. Um, so much more to get into today. We're going to stick with uh, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon here real quick as we uh, dive into our uh, daily five count. It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. So a gentleman that I did not know, I did not start following until last evening, uh, Alex Huez on Twitter, tweeted out a fantastic idea. I mean, a locked, solid, fantastic idea that I think could actually help WWE out because they are in a bind over on Friday Night SmackDown. Big E, again, another unfortunate situation, but it could have been a lot worse. You've been living under a rock, broke his neck on Friday. Doesn't require surgery. Who knows if he's going to be able to wrestle again? I know there were some medical reports that came out about that, but wrestling is far from the most important thing. It's about Biggie getting healthy and, and getting right. Uh, but there was a, a rumored plan, and it looked like that was going to be the case, where it was going to be Sheamus, where it was going to be Ridge Holland, and where it was going to be Butch. Against the New Day at WrestleMania, obviously Big E is not going to make that now. So you got some talent who who are open, and you have an intercontinental champion who does not have an opponent. And especially if that six-man tag had gone down, he really did not have an opponent. And the intercontinental championship was in danger of completing the cycle of going a full year without being defended on a pay-per-view. Alex Fuez on Twitter says WWE needs an IC title memorial ladder match for Scott Hall at WrestleMania. So I'll ask you, Trey, yes or yes. And no, that is not a typo because there is no no in this damn answer. It is 100% absolutely yes. This needs to happen and it needs to happen annually. I'm, I'm with you. I think that there is always a spot for a ladder match on WrestleMania, whether it's an intercontinental title match whether it's a money in the bank returning to WrestleMania, whether it's a tag team title match, which I think is, is something that is utilized that could be utilized more as well. But this makes perfect sense. I'll say this though. I'm not hundred percent sure WWE is going to do it this year. And I'll tell you exactly why. Um, there are two days of WrestleMania. I'm not sure where, where they would slot this. Maybe there's a better chance of it happening on Sunday. 
But Saturday, just a couple of hours before WrestleMania, yeah. there's the NXT Stand and Deliver event, and it has already been announced that Carmelo Hayes will defend the North American Championship in a multi-man ladder match. And while we've seen WWE do plenty of events with multiple ladder matches uh, on them before, hence me mentioning Money in the Bank, TLC, we see it all the time as well. I'm When they did that in the past, when they did that uh, a couple of years ago, they left a ladder match off of WrestleMania when they put it on NXT. So I'm not sure that they're going to do it, but I think it's a phenomenal idea to honor Scott Hall. It gets more guys who are deserving on the WrestleMania card. Anytime you can see Ricochet in a ladder match would, yep. be, absolute, would be absolutely awesome. Yep. I'm for it. I just don't know if it's going to happen. I, I, I don't think it's going to happen because of that exact reasoning, but I'll, I'll argue the common sense route here of it's two different shows. It's two different venues. I know they're under the same WWE umbrella, but I guarantee you there are going to be people who are at WrestleMania who are not at Stand and Deliver. <laughs> It's just math. All right. It's going it, it's gonna be okay. So yeah, if you want to separate it by a day, go ahead and put it on WrestleMania Sunday. Why I don't think that that's the reason they would keep it off. I think they would keep it off because they have money in the bank that's like two months later, and that's when the ladder matches are really supposed to happen. So I think that would be their more rationale is we can't have a big ladder match this close to that ladder match. So that's where I think it would go, but I think this is a slam dunk idea. I think this would not take very much creative at all to set this up. You could do this in two weeks. Hell, you could set it up this freaking Friday. I think I, I think um, Ricochet defending against Sheamus and and uh, King Woods in a triple threat match makes a ton of sense. You don't need to add Ridge Holland in there. You don't need to add Xavier Woods in there. Let's call him Pete Dunn. You don't need to put Pete Dunn in there yet. Um, I mean, I'm not opposed to watching Pete Dunn at WrestleMania, but I think you keep it simple. You go with Xavier Woods, who is a big Scott Hall guy. We talked about him wearing the gear. Ricochet could defend the Intercontinental Championship. And then Sheamus, it's a very simple story. He needs the IC title to complete uh, the the Grand Slam, which is something that he's talked about in a number of interviews that he wants to do. He wants the Intercontinental Championship. It's very simple storytelling. You build it around. You call it the Scott Hall Memorial Ladder Match. And then this is something you could do every year at WrestleMania that would actually mean something, unlike the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Uh, I don't think we're going to get it. I think we might get that triple threat match, but I do not believe uh, that it's going to be in a ladder match. Uh, moving on here to number two, Trey. We were in Jacksonville last night. A lot of folks expecting Cody Rhodes to show up. Seemed to make a ton of sense with AEW calling Jacksonville home and all. Main event was centered around Seth Rollins and, and Kevin Owens. They were fighting over the right to host a talk show. Can we just talk about how dumb that is for a freaking second here before we get to Cody? You have your top two regular performers on Monday Night Raw, three weeks out from WrestleMania, battling it out to essentially be the guy who gets his ass kicked by Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's a problem. I don't think WWE realizes that that's a problem, but that's a problem. Kevin Owens 
and Seth Rollins should have their actual matches and actual spots solidified before the likes of Logan Paul, before the likes of Johnny Knoxville, and before the likes of Pat McAfee. No disrespect to anybody there. They just should. That's There, there should be a pecking order here. Seth Rollins, especially with no, Cody being a no-show again, should not be this close to WrestleMania with absolutely nothing going on. And the fact that he was desperate enough to steal Kevin Owens' idea to host a show at WrestleMania and then say, oh, well, WrestleMania needs Seth Rollins. Yeah, it does. It needs Seth Rollins in a fucking match. It doesn't need Seth Rollins trash-talking Stone Cold Steve Austin and eating a stunner, which may end up happening anyway at this point. But anywho, Kevin Owens wins the match fairly clean. There was some referee. High Jinx got knocked out of the ring at the end. And we're all waiting for whatever Cody's music is going to be in WWE if he signs that contract to hit. Nope. No Cody. End of the show. Still have no freaking clue what Seth Rollins is doing at this point. Now, WWE can't make Cody Rhodes sign a contract. So I'll just simply ask you, Trey, was last night now or never when it comes to Cody Rhodes in WWE, at least ahead of WrestleMania? Uh, I... <sighs> If you asked me this before the show started, I would have told you yes. It, maybe it's wishful thinking on my part. Maybe it's me trying to read into things too much, but I'm not 100%. I haven't 100% given up on Cody at WrestleMania just yet for the simple fact that not once, not twice, but I think three times, once by each of the commentators, Byron, uh, once by once by once by Corey and once by Jimmy Smith as well, they talked about the WrestleMania situation for Seth Rollins becoming a nightmare. The American nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Now, at this point, do I think he shows up on Raw before WrestleMania at this point? I don't know. I think we could end up maybe in a situation where Seth issues some kind of open challenge at WrestleMania and Cody debuts at WrestleMania, or we could end up in some kind of scenario, maybe next week on Raw, where Seth cuts this promo and he's gotten so desperate that he's going to call out someone you'd never thought you'd see in WWE again. He just did that with Kevin Owens, though. So it's like. But I think this one could be more like we saw with John Cena and The Undertaker leading up to. Uh, WrestleMania, I believe it was uh, 34 in New Orleans, where you didn't know up until the gong hit at WrestleMania if you were for sure going to see it. You had an idea, but the way that they built it up was, was pretty good. And I think, I think more than more than Cody just coming out at the end of Raw. There, when you first see Cody on Raw, you want to see that promo, and it about. 1057, I kind of gave up on that yeah. because Raw doesn't have its overrun anymore. Like leading up to WrestleMania in years past, like most memorably when the Rock when they announced the Rock was going to be the host of WrestleMania, they had like a 30-minute overrun. But now we can't get that because they have to show a sneak peek at the new season of Temptation Island. But <laughs> uh I think that it, I think that it's still it's still possible for the simple fact of what the hell is Seth gonna do, man? If it's if it's not Cody, like uh, is Vince gonna reconcile with Shane and say, you know what, man, what you did at the it, it was okay. We 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 need you for this match that we that we wanted that 
nobody really wants to see to begin with. Like, like, like what is it? Like, I, I still haven't. It's, it's very simple. They, they do exactly what you said. They, they, they have Seth Rollins issue an open challenge and Omos comes down to the ring and oh squashes him within three and a half minutes. That is exactly what WWE would do. And you know, that's exactly what WWE would do. They're building Omos up for something. He already squashed the new day at last year's WrestleMania. Why not go ahead and just squash Seth Rollins and just complete the absolute worst WrestleMania build for a main event caliber star in the history of WrestleMania? Why don't you just complete it? Because it's been a shit show from the get-go. You were going to have him face Shane? Okay, that went out the door. Then you should have solidified something that you could guarantee ahead of time. And yes, I, I get that they keep dropping all these roads and nightmares and and uh, undeniables or whatever the hell else cody teases that they can throw in there they better damn be able to deliver because they are doing a massive disservice to seth rollins who not only deserves to be on the card but deserves to have a major match on the card i'm not gonna say last night was now or never i think last night would have been the opportune moment if you were really going to build this match up and build some pub with it. But I think so much has kind of died down on the Cody Rhodes hype at this point. You might as well, if you're going to debut him, debut him at WrestleMania. I will say last night was now or never as far as Cody showing up before Mania. I agree with you. I think him kind of showing up and having that Hardy Boys shock moment may not get as big of a pop, but him having that huge moment on the grand stage where Maybe he comes up on a golden throne. I don't know. I think that might be the the best way to go about doing it right now. But I just think if you were going to have him on before WrestleMania last night, like I said, was the opportune moment uh, to do that. We did see Becky Lynch return to Monday Night Raw last night. Great to see her back. Great to see her healthy. There was some concern she might miss like two, maybe even three weeks uh, with that uh, throat. What, what is fractured voice box is what yep. it was. Uh, she was in the hospital for that, but uh, she was out last week. Now she's back. She's getting physical. Bianca Belair beat Dewdrop for the 400th time. Uh, I will say that it's it's still massively impressive to watch Bianca Belair do the the KOD on um on Dewdrop, but it's less impressive every single time that I see when I see it five times inside of three months, it would be nice if they could find some new opponents for her, you know, but regardless, she's still winning matches ahead of WrestleMania. That's a good thing. We saw two, two champions pinned on Monday night raw last night. So not a big fan of that, but Becky Lynch shows up, beats the ever loving crap out of Bianca Belair wraps her hair around a chair, wraps her throat around the chair, slams her into the turnbuckle. This is getting personal. This is getting ugly. Becky screamed next week. I'm coming for your hair, bitch. Like, it's like Becky's got a receipt, got a list of receipts that she's got to get Bianca. Boom. Checked off the throat next week. Got to check off the hair. I'm not saying they got to go hair versus hair at WrestleMania because I don't think anybody wants to see that. But this build has been very good from the get go. And now it's getting very, very personal. And I will ask you, Trey, and I don't think this is much of a question, but you know, this. I'm going to give you your shot at it first. Based off of build alone, ignore the names. Based off of build alone, 
which women's championship match should main event WrestleMania Saturday? You really think that the Bianca and Becky build has been that great? I think it's been it's been okay. I do. And I think if you're it's been okay to me. It doesn't feel like your typical like WrestleMania build. Like this feels so huge to me. And to be honest, neither does Charlotte and Ronda, but a lot of that has to do with how I feel about them making Ronda a baby face and expecting people to cheer for Ronda when Ronda clearly doesn't even want it. I think that the build for Becky and Bianca has been better, but I don't think that either of them have been completely fantastic. I think that out of those two matches, I would rather see Bianca and Becky go on last, even though I don't think in either of those situations, there is much doubt in terms of the match outcome. That's something that I really that I really value in a huge WrestleMania main event is one where you go in and you don't really you can't really call who's going to win, which I think the entire WrestleMania card is is missing that from top to bottom this year. There are not very many matches that seem unpredictable. Cody and Seth would have been that one where it would where I think it would have been unpredictable and I think it would have been interesting to see who went over. But if Cody doesn't show up until WrestleMania, I think that that makes that the outcome of that more predictable. But I think that even more so than either of those two matches, I think the KO and Stone Cold thing might actually end up closing night three. KO even, or night one. Uh, KO even alluded to it. I think Bianca and Becky's had a little bit of a better build but I'm personally not in love with with either of them. I think they could have done a better job in making Bianca and Becky feel bigger than it is. I think they they really could be doing that. If they leaned as heavy into promoting the fact that these are the only two women who have won main events of WrestleMania, mm-hmm. meeting in the main event of night one, if they really leaned heavily into that as much as they have this Brock Lesnar and Roman Re- Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns feels like the biggest match in the world because WWE is telling you it is because they keep ramming it down their down your throats. They're filming segments at Madison Square Garden at house shows, and then they're just spoon feeding it to us on Monday Night Raw. They specifically did that. They are trying to set this match up as big as humanly possible. If they put that same kind of energy into the Becky and Bianca match with the same kind of promotion with this exact build that they've had right now. I guarantee you it would feel that way. And I was worried at first when they first started this thing, because what was the first thing that Becky and Bianca started talking about? Oh, it was the 26 second bullshit again. They had a really good promo exchange, but they were talking about, oh, I beat you in 26 seconds and I'll beat you in 26 seconds again. I honestly thought we were going to get four or five weeks of that. And it hasn't been that. It has been progression. Yes, they met in a six person tag match and then Becky got absolutely whipped the shit out of. It did kind of take a little bump in the road when Becky got hurt last week. Nothing really happened last week, but now Becky has ramped it back up and they have made it personal. Again, she got the receipts. She got the throat injury at a house show. Again, if they had that kind of footage or if they really, they should have leaned more into that. They should have leaned more into that last week. They just kind of glossed over it. Now they're really kind of leaning into it, making that a storyline. They're going to go for the hair next week. I'm interested to see what they do with that. I think this has a chance to really ramp up and right now, Becky and Be- Bianca, 
that is far and away better than what Charlotte and, and Rhonda has done because whatever they're doing, it it's not clicking. And I, I've, I've said this before. I told you that from the beginning, though. But this is a lot of this, I think, and I'm not knocking her. And I know SP3 is going to watch this show. And I'm not knocking her because I think Ronda Rousey is an incredible talent. Something's not clicking with her promos right now. I don't know if it's she doesn't believe what she's saying. She doesn't want to say what she's saying, but she seems very disinterested. She's talking really fast, like she's just trying to get it over with. And right now, Charlotte is absolutely schooling her on the microphone. And it's just one of these things where it it's one of these WWE things where it doesn't make sense. They decided to bring Becky Lynch back after her long hiatus and make her a heel. Doesn't make any sense. The crowd wanted to cheer her. You could have at least given us more than one week of that. And then Ronda Rousey left WWE, one of the most hated wrestlers in the entire company. She takes a three-year hiatus. She comes back. Boom. It's smiling Ronda again. Everybody should be happy to see me. It's like, oh, we wanted you out of here when you... You know, you had that go away heat at that point. So bringing her back as a babyface right off the bat didn't make any sense. And putting her against Charlotte Flair definitely didn't make any sense. The only way that it did make sense was the fact that if you're going to try her as a babyface, Charlotte's somebody who can get you cheers because everybody's going to boo Charlotte no matter what. It's kind of working. Some crowds are happy to see Ronda. Some crowds aren't. But as far as the build is concerned, for me, the best thing they did was this past week. And we've seen it. They fought on top of a car. Saw that in the build of WrestleMania 35. And guess what? It was better back then. Uh, something that we haven't seen. By the way, the answer to that question is yes. Uh, Bianca and Becky should be on Saturday night. Uh, something that we have not seen. Is this this new edge persona. And this is. This is something I wasn't expecting out of WWE because it it seems like Edge has just been on like the you know, like if, you know, if I say like the Rolling Stones tour, you know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Like he came back and he's just everybody loves him and he's doing the brood stuff, playing a little bit of the old hits. And we got, you know, Metalingus coming down from Alter Bridge and everybody's loving it. And he's running around. He's pulling his hair. He's growing out the beard. and He's having these classic matches, doing these dream matches with Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns and main eventing WrestleMania and winning the Royal Rumble and the fans are loving it and everything. It really did kind of seem like they were just, it was his retirement tour or I, I, I don't know what the, what the phrase would be. It's just like, you know, the Rolling Stones are going out on tour. Here's a little bit of some new stuff, but you know, we're just going to play all of our old stuff and you're going to love us, even though maybe we're not quite as good as we used to be, but edge has been as good as he used to be. He's just been on this welcome back tour. I think that's the way to describe it. It's the welcome back tour for Edge. That's over. They have finally tapped into Edge and let him now do something different, something that we have not seen. This guy, I I don't know how I feel about the blue light, but he's got the new music. It's a different Alter Bridge song. It's it's not as good as Metalingus, but it's it it it's good. It fits. He's a little more clean cut, at least trimmed down in the beard. He's coming down. He's talking about being on this mountain of omnis, om, omnipotent, omnipotent. I don't even know how to say Omnipotence? That's the word. Yeah, I had to look it up because I had no idea what the hell it even meant. Uh, but, you know, he's talking all this trash. And he's like, look, I don't care about you guys anymore. I don't care about appeasing you guys anymore. And it wasn't really a you people promo like the you people like the Damian Priest. You people never cheered for me. Bullshit. We did. This was basically Edge just saying, I don't care if you cheer for me. 
because I'm it's I'm not doing anything for you anymore. I'm all about me now. I'm focused on my goals, and my goals right now is to end AJ Styles at WrestleMania. He's talking about he was gonna judge him, like he's Judge freaking Dread. He's gonna judge AJ Styles at WrestleMania. I don't know what he's talking about a whole lot here. Like I'm still trying to dive into. It. I felt like I was kind of like watching a Malachi Black uh, promo a little bit where he's saying some really cool shit, but I don't really know what he's talking about. I think I'm buying this. That's my question. Are you buying or selling Edge's new heel persona? I'm I'm digging it. It's something different. It's something new. And if Edge gets a win over AJ Styles, now I'm starting to think, you know what? We need challengers. We need world title contenders. I know we've seen Edge before against Roman Reigns, but that was old Edge. He even brought that up. He's like, old Edge lost to, Ro- to Roman Reigns. And if old Edge showed up against AJ Styles, old Edge would lose. Maybe New Edge could beat Roman Reigns for the WWE or Universal Championship or whatever. I don't even know if we know that they're being unified. But I'm 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 buying this Edge. I think this is new. This is different. Edge is best as a heel. Create some some interesting options moving forward. It's working better than the heel turn that they tried to do on the road to WrestleMania last year when they tried to turn him heel in the whole getting Daniel Bryan into the triple threat match against uh, Roman Reigns. And then Edge comes out, uh, one of the last people to come out on night two of WrestleMania and probably gets the biggest pop of the entire weekend when they just turned him heel uh, like a month prior. So this is working better than it did then. And I put out on Twitter, getting rid of Metalingus was like the ultimate heel move. Because honestly, I think that that was a good thing because it's so hard to actually turn someone heel and get legitimate heat and legitimate booze in today's internet wrestling community where I think that there are there aren't very many casual wrestling fans anymore. There just aren't. And no, that's something and, I've said. Yeah. yeah, so I think that you have to do something that a lot of fans like us, fans that have been a part of the quote unquote internet wrestling community for a long time are kind of not going to like for someone to have legitimate heat. And yes, he still went with an Alter Bridge song, which was very fitting, but nobody's going to sit there when Metalingus starts playing over the loudspeakers and just start booing. It's just not going to happen. It's like Jericho and Judas. People are going to sing whether they like him or not. Yeah. So I think that, I think that that was a smart move. The promos, the promos have been good. Uh, I do think that there is a case to be made that the build for this could have been a little bit different. It could have just been, it could have more been edge saying, you know, I lost to these guys and you were supposed to, you were the best the decade that I was gone. And I need to know, like, can I still be the best? So I want to beat you at WrestleMania. I think that would have been more effective almost than what they're doing, but I am intrigued by this. And like I said, I think it's working better than the heel turn that they did last year. You mentioned Edge going over. I'll be honest, I think AJ needs it a lot more considering uh, the build he had over uh, over the last year or so and the fact that he's a lot more full-time than what Edge is right now. And see, that's the thing. It, it all depends on what their goals are. Because if this is supposed to be Super Edge, where he's the best that he's ever been and he's the best wrestler on the planet and he can beat everybody, you lose to AJ Styles at WrestleMania, that character's already dead in the water right off the bat. You introduce this new heel persona who says he's the best in the world and nobody can touch his junk. He's got to win. But he he's going to put 
But are you going to put heel edge against huge heel? No one can beat Roman Reigns like that. It, that that's the problem you run into. I still think they're trying to have one Roman champion. I, I I agree with you. I still think they're trying to turn Roman babyface at some point. Who knows? Maybe Roman could be the WWE and Universal Champion all the way through SummerSlam. I'm not saying you have to do it immediately. Hell, yeah. Edge could win freaking Money in the Bank. And yeah. I think that would be a really good thing to do with Edge. I still am mm -hmm. a proponent of wanting to see Edge have one more world title run. I think it would be fantastic. I think it would be great, even if it's as heel Edge, which let's be honest, that's that's heel Edge is the best Edge. Um, so that that's the danger that you run into with this character is if you lose it to AJ Styles, if you lose him to AJ Styles, you kill this character right off the bat, pretty much. Um, so this new persona, I actually think is is bad news. For AJ Styles, but it's all about what WWE wants to do long term. Problem is, I don't think WWE knows what they want to do long term. Uh, last but not least, here on the five count, we saw, saw a little bit of tenacity out of the Street Profits on Monday Night Raw. They came down to crash the tag team title celebration between Randy Orton and Riddle, RK Bro, chilling out over some popcorn and soda, and not much else. Talking about how great it is, and Randy Orton is just like loving life. He's like the proud stepdad with Matt Riddle there. And then the Street Profits come out, and they are all business. They say they want their tag team title shot. Randy Orton sitting here saying, nah, we are not going to give it to you, which didn't make any sense because if they're, they're celebrating going to WrestleMania, but they actually need opponents to go to WrestleMania. So Randy Orton saying no doesn't make any damn sense. And then Matt Riddle is the one who is the voice of reason who said exactly what I was thinking in the moment. It's like, we need opponents, Randy, which doesn't even make any more sense whatsoever that riddles the voice of reason in this one. But I digress. Eventually we get around uh, to, to getting a uh, uh, RK bro to accept the challenge. But I saw a lot of people hopping on Twitter. It's like, Oh, they're turning the street profits heel, man. They're doing it because they finally were serious. People think they're turning heel. I saw a little bit of the serious side of the Street Profits, which I think is is good. This is something we've heard Big E talking about being multifaceted just because, you know, they like to have fun doesn't mean they don't also get pissed and don't also know when to be serious. But turning the Street Profits heel is an idea. So I'll ask you, Trey, should WWE turn the Street Profits heel? No. And here's a simple reason why. I still don't think that we're far off of the RK Bro breakup. I think it either happens at WrestleMania when they lose the titles or the night after WrestleMania. And if you turn and if you break up RK Bro heel or RK Bro and you turn the Street Profits heel, the only babyface tag team you have on Raw is the Mysterios. So that's a problem. Yeah. So simply simply because of of that situation, I I don't think that uh, I don't think that you turn the street profits heel. It's just now is is not the right time. I mean, there are teams in NXT that are ready to be called up, specifically MSK, that I think could slot in and feud with a heel street profits right away and have some really good matches. But and I, you know what? If you split up RK Bro, you could have Matt Riddle go with MSK and do the whole shaman thing. So that would yeah. make a lot of sense. Um. I, I I would say no on this as well, and I don't think they were really being heels. I think they were just being assertive, mm -hmm. and I think in that situation last night, they were playing the heel role because RK-Bro is the more over team right now, and that's nothing against the Street Profits. It's just RK-Bro is white hot, which is why I don't think 
the 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 split is happening anytime soon. I think the split would have happened already if they weren't so over that they are right now. They're just money. They're money right now. So they're going to keep them together until it makes the most sense to split them up. At least that's that's my hope. That's my belief. I don't know when that would be, but I think there has to be some kind of friction because right now it doesn't make any sense when you have Randy Orton saying, I love this mother trucker. And then he's what they lose one match and he's going to give him an RKO and kick him out and go all crazy. I guess that's kind of Randy Orton, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I think they were just kind of playing the heels in the moment. And if this stays a one-on-one tag team match, I think they'll play the heels in that match. But I don't think they're turning heel fully. And that's why I hope Alpha Academy and their involvement in the match between Matt Riddle and Montez Ford last night means that we're getting a triple threat. Because when you have two babyface tag teams, the audience has to is, is forced to pick one. And Dutch Mantel uh, has told me this before is like splitting your audience is never a good idea, which is why they don't do a whole lot of babyface versus babyface matches, at least ones with stakes. Um, so adding the Alpha Academy in there, one, that's a spot that they absolutely deserve. And two, now they're the heel component in a match that also has two babyface tag teams. And that just makes a ton of sense to me. No, I'm with you. And I think that that, that match is going is going to be one that I'm going to be excited about at WrestleMania. But you talked about RK Bro being money. I mean, where is that match on the card, though? Randy Orton versus Matt Riddle is much higher on the card than what this tag title match is going to be. And I think because of how white hot that tag team was, they could have done a lot better job in setting something up that seemed meaningful in terms of a tag title match for RK Bro at Mania. And, you know, maybe if they knew Stone Cold wasn't going to do a match and they knew they were going to have trouble with Cody, maybe they could have done a build to them against uh, KO and Seth at Mania. But to me, the situation that they're they're in, yes, that's going to be a good match, but I'd almost rather have Orton versus Riddle and then Street Profits versus Alpha Academy in their own match. I would do the triple threat to open up night two. Okay. I I look at you want a fast paced barn burner type match that will get the crowd hot and ready to go and, and build up that momentum to the greatest, biggest wrestling match ever. To me, they jerk the curtain because if you're not closing mania, you want to open it. So we saw how good the triple threat was between Orton and Riddle, Alpha Academy and KO and, and Seth Rollins. Okay. Now take out KO and Seth Rollins and put in the street profits. Okay. I'm not saying either Montez Ford or, or Angelo Dawkins are as good as KO and Seth Rollins, but they're still a really damn good tag team. Mm-hmm. That match has all the capability of stealing the show. That's where I'm putting it night one. Um, I think if you put it uh, later on in the card, if you put it in the middle, it kind of gets lost in the shuffle. If you put it on before a big title match, then you're kind of taking the wind out of your sails or your, whatever your main event matches are going to be. Jerk the curtain night two. I think that's what makes a ton of sense to me. One more for the road, Trey. Over or under four and a half Stone Cold American Lagers. You're downing on St. Patrick's Day this week. Uh, if I'm drinking one of Stone Cold's beer, I'm going Broken Skull IPA. I'm an IPA drinker myself. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. That's, it's damn good beer. It is a damn is. good beer. Um, and I may have to go over. 
Depends on how many more free agents the Bengals sign uh, we or how many more the Reds trade away. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in to all 47 minutes of this half-hour podcast. Make sure to like, share, subscribe. Make sure to go check out my conversation with Wardlow. It is a really, really good conversation. I guarantee you it is worth your time. Also coming up this Friday, I've got an interview dropping with Levi Cooper. You may know him as Tucky. And yes, we did talk about big man Otis and his time in WWE. Also a new project that he's working on. That is going to drop this Friday at 7 a.m. here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast YouTube and podcast channels available anywhere. You can get your podcast, Spotify, iHeart, all of the Apple, Google. We're everywhere, baby. There's no reason. You can find us everywhere. There's no reason to miss out on a show. Trey, appreciate you filling in. Tell the people where they can find your stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience, and you can check me out on the Bucks Nation podcast and on the Motor Racing Network. Boy, you guys don't have anything to talk about on the Bucks Nation podcast right now. Just nothing. <sighs> nothing happened. Like our whole entire off season of podcasts, you can just throw throw them in the trash. <laughs> we're starting. We're starting anew this week. Man, I was so damn pissed as a Bengals fan, right? Because I had I had these delusions of grandeur of, oh, we're going to get Alex Kappa and we're going to get uh, Ryan Jensen and maybe Gronk will come in and it's going to be freaking great. And Brady shows up and two out of three of those guys are going back. But we got Alex Kappa, baby. Yeah. It was probably the weak link of the Bucks off. You know what? Line, you but, shut your ass. But, but, all right. Because he's 10 times better than any guard that the Bengals have played in the last yeah, four years. It's true. That's the important part. We don't talk about football. You should. You need to have me on your podcast one of these days so I can talk some football without people rolling their eyes because it's a wrestling podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is Believe in Pro Wrestling brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.